What's up, everybody? At long last, we have returned for uncovering. It's not my fault this time. Not, Mike, let's not get into the blame game, okay? It's <laughs> it's both of our faults, always. Except yeah, for when yeah. it's only your fault. Exactly. Um, this is Uncovering Unexplained Mysteries for... What, what the fuck today? It's such a random day that we did. Tuesday, November 20th, yeah. 2018. And Josh is feeling stressed out like a motherfucker right now. So this is the screst, screst. Yep, I'm feeling stressed, screst, and a f- full of mess. Um, <laughs> it, so this is the stress cast right now for me. Uh, um, so I'll tell you why if you wanna, if you wanna know. So f- you people are so nosy. I mean, are asking me about my personal problems right now, but I'll tell you. Um, last week was like I already posted this on my Facebook page for people who friended me, but whatever. A lot of people aren't friends with me who listen to this, so. Um, like last week was probably the most stressful week of my life. Um, so I'm a karaoke, I'm a karaoke DJ. I'm a wedding DJ. I'm in a band called Dancing with Ghosts. Those are the three things you need to know before this story. Our female DJ who worked for our company and her fiance who does not work for our company, but who is also a DJ, they up and left Jacksonville to move down South and get married. My boss knew that she was leaving and like didn't find anybody to like fill her gigs until the last minute. Oh, that's fucked up. So he he sends me a text like a few days before all this shit happens. He's like, hey, I need you to cover trivia on Tuesday. I need you to cover trivia on Wednesday. I need you to cover trivia and Roadhouse on on, uh, Thursday. And uh, on top of that, I had a very big show for my band, Dancing with Ghosts, on Friday. It was a very heavily promoted show. Uh, one of the bands that that uh, was headlining the show, they put an ad out in the newspaper. You know, the, they they pu- really pulled out the stops for to make sure this make sure the show was packed full of people. So I had that. I mean, that if if that was the only thing I had this last week, that would have been enough to stress me out. Uh-huh. But I had all these extra gigs that I'm not used to doing. Mo- a lot of the gigs. I know you were telling me that you don't like trivia, so I'm not a huge fan of it. But honestly, like after weighing the pros and cons of doing karaoke versus doing trivia, I think I'm more a little more into trivia now because at at worst, hosting a trivia game at a restaurant will take you maybe maybe two hours at most. Yeah. However, doing karaoke, hell, that can uh-huh. that can go anywhere from three, four, and, uh, five hours. Yeah. And I'm pretty sure trivia isn't as obnoxious as as karaoke could be. You know, it's not a it's not as obnoxious, but the people can be way more rude. Or or yeah. um, you know, you get a lot of those kind of like nerds in there that that them well actually yeah. The word actually is thrown around a lot in, in those rooms whenever you, I swear to God, like the sight of me calling out the answer to the trivia question and then having some nerd walking up to me, literally shoving his phone like in my face with with his answer, his version of what the correct answer should be. There have been so many times I want to just slap the phone out of his hand and watch as it flies across the room and in that shattering that satisfying shattering sound I hear as it hits the other mm. side of the room. Like, I, so yeah, there is that, but it's literally like the gig I have tonight, for instance, which is uh-huh. a newly, a newly acquired room. 
uh, at the loft. It, it's like the only nightclub here in Jacksonville. Yeah. Uh, it's five fucking hours. Fuck. Yeah, and like it's a high profile gig. Like it's it's the loft is kind of a, a higher profile. Like where the money. It's probably nice. No, uh, sadly, the money was nice when the the old DJ was doing it, but then he left, and my boss kind of moved in on the gig and renegotiated for a lower price because they were just oh, gonna. Come on, man. yeah, they were just gonna <laughs> do it. They were just gonna like not do it all together or, or something. But my boss convinced them to keep it going. But unfortunately, it was. Um, it, I think it was like. $50 more than what it is now. So um, that's kind of a bummer, you know, because I can go. Well, I mean, compared to your other stuff, isn't it? Isn't it like a little bit more of a higher end thing in terms of like your rev- your revenue? No, I mean, it, it, dude, to- it, it literally pays the same amount as uh, my trivia gig on Wednesday, oh, which is wow. two hours. So it's like okay. it kind of sucks. Um, but yeah, so, and then on Saturday, after all that craziness, two, two gigs per day, and then a big show with my band, the next day, I had a fucking wedding, uh, in, um, St. Augustine, which is like, uh, this particular part of St. Augustine. Well, we're talking about Satan and everything, so this is your, this was your hell week. Yeah, well, that's what I've been calling it. My hell, I've been calling it my hell week, and I like, I've, so I've been telling everyone around that this is hell week, or last week was anyway. And and I show up to the the wedding, fucking like not late, but like ten minutes from being like when the, the ceremony Ooh. was supposed to start at mm-hmm. at four forty five. I show up at four thirty. Ooh. And it's this elaborate setup for the ceremony. They want three microphones. Oh, they want a microphone for the officiant, and it's one of those clip-on fancy lavalier Did mics. Did you get that done in five minutes? Dude, surprisingly, yes. I got everything wow. set up right at 445. I had to, they had a guitar player that was going to be like singing. 15 minutes, not five, because yeah. you showed up at 430. Yeah, 15 minutes. Um, Can you imagine if you showed up at like... 440 i think i would have just killed myself at that point honestly i think i would have just drove my car into the like the golf like there's a golf course i would just drove it into the lake and just let it fill up with water you just just show up and then they're like uh yeah we want all this done in five minutes dude it sucks so bad because like because i was so late setting up the ceremony setup i didn't get to set up the reception setup at all like Mm. um so so like Right after the ceremony, typically when you go to a wedding, right after the ceremony, you kind of go to the reception area for cocktail hour and all that and hors d'oeuvres. And the DJ, you're supposed to have two separate setups in those cases where you're doing a ceremony and a reception. So it's Uh it's supposed to be this like seamless thing where there's, you know, they go from the ceremony to the reception hall and there's already music playing and, you know, whatever. Well, I didn't even have my shit set up at all in the reception area. So I had to... I had to like haul my ass over to the reception area and just I and just hope that nobody there was a wedding DJ or an entertainer in any way. So nobody could like look at me and go, hey, you don't have your stuff set up already, man. That's really unprofessional. Yeah. (laughs) So but thankfully, nobody said anything about it. And I was I was rightfully stressed out. But like. And this is like a hard lesson for people, but it's like, and and I can't even do it myself, but like, there really is no point in stressing out. You can't help it sometimes, but, but like, it's like every time I get overly stressed out, it's, it's never, it's never nearly as bad as I think it's going to be. 
Like uh-huh. nothing ever turns out to be as bad as I in my head that I think it's going to fucking be. And well, yeah, that's the case usually for for everyone, really. It's I think it's like the anticipation and 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 fear of the unknown. I had, uh-huh. I had, I didn't know how they their the configuration was going to be. Uh, this that and the other you know yeah so well also it's it's the unfamiliar and like you said yeah the fear of the unknown like you're not used to having a week like this jam-packed right but uh if you had that week like this like every week then you'd adjust yeah you'd have to adapt and then then, and then it wouldn't be as uh frightening or 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 as stressful yeah i mean there still would be stressful but not as intense in terms of uh the stress factor now, um, I, I, I'm, I, I, I'm pretty much going to start beginning my hell week this week, okay? Because I, I, I said to my boss that I had open availability this week because it's, it's Thanksgiving break, no classes. And she took that to heart and scheduled me, like, for, from Monday to Saturday. So, like... I got, you know, and, and, and the and yesterday was just like a four and a half hour shift. And today was a four and a half hour shift. And honestly, the longest shift is like, I think maybe five or six hours. So it's not like it's anything like that crazy, but it's just the fact that it's like every day and my internal clock and everything has been so used to not, not doing that. So I'm kind of, I'm adjusting to that. Like waking up this morning was, uh, let, let's just say it was a l- little bit more difficult. Than, than, uh, than usual. It doesn't help either that it seems like every four hours my cat wants to be fed, so that doesn't help either. <laughs> like if the parents get up, the cat immediately wakes up. Doesn't matter if he was in the middle of like a dead sleep. Parents are up. Somebody's awake. That means I should be fed, and my sleep my sleep patterns have been erratic lately because of that. Um, but ultimately I do get enough sleep, uh, at the end of the day, but man, yeah, I definitely have one of those, uh, mornings where you wake up and it feels like you're hungover and then you have to like cram some cereal down. That was then... me today. Cause I drank last night and I woke yeah. up feeling like shit today. And then like with all the, <laughs> there, there's like stress banks in your head that fill up and like you, yeah. you may not realize how much stress. You're- oh, it's happened. It happened for me when I was like, I had all these fucking projects and, and an essay and all this other schoolwork I had to do. And I was just like, uh, you know, and you know what happens when that happens for me, it's usually like late at night. It's late at night. And like, I, and that's when I decided to just take a, take a hot shower. And that seems to help. Um, but yeah, like there are sometimes some days even after the hot shower where I'm just like, <laughs> you know, just, you know, kind of just standing there after the, the I've turned the water off and just, <laughs> just kind of, you know, going through the motions and kind of do, you know, making those, you know, the scrunchy faces, scrunchy <laughs> faces that you make when you're like really stressed out, yeah. you know, you're just like, ah, <laughs> And then rubbing your eyes yeah. and shit. Yeah, just just going. Which is a like, bad idea after you get out of the shower, because you know, you know, especially if it's like with hot water. So that would just make your eyes irritated. So then you'll be stressed out about that. But anyway, um, yeah, uh, I'm glad though, because you know, I haven't I didn't have that many hours before this, so it's like bring it on. Yeah, maybe if I knock this out of the park, my managers would be impressed and be like. You know what? Maybe we might keep him on for longer than just a seasonal thing. Who knows? 
Uh, either way, whatever happens, happens. I'm, this is valuable experience for me. And honestly, the past two days haven't been that bad. Like, yesterday was a little bit busier than today. Uh, but there was still a little bit of a rush. But the rush wasn't as bad as yesterday, if you ask me. And it's one of those things that uh, I'm just getting better and better every day. Uh, I, I actually am starting to kind of like doing cashier, especially compared to helping people on the floor. Uh, because cashier is a little bit uh, more controlled, if you ask me. Like, there's less uh, opportunity for uh, someone to really get pissed at you because you don't have what they're looking for. Because most of the time, when when somebody goes up to the you know to the counter, they found what they're looking for, and the people who haven't, well, you know, you just you try to help them best you can. But most of the time, that never happens because it's like they're already in line. <laughs> I mean. You don't have somebody waiting in line so then they can talk to the cashier and chew them out and be like, you don't have what I'm looking for. Fuck you. And then leave. <laughs> uh, so but it anyway, seems, seems like the Halloween flame lady was just kind of an isolated incident. Yeah, it was an isolated incident. And there's been some people been a little bit upset. There was an older guy who was he didn't really make a scene about it. He was just definitely disappointed that the coupon didn't work for an item that he wanted to get. And he just left without getting the item. But I tried, you know, the coupon doesn't work. It means that it's not uh, an item that a coupon can be used for. I mean, there's so much fine print on those damn coupons. Like once you really yep. start reading like all the exclusions, yeah, you read it. it's everyday value items, uh, no door busters, you know, that kind of you stuff. You can't stack coupons. It's got to be. Well, you technically can. Well, sometimes um, they don't allow you to stack. But sometimes you ones. can't. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I hate that shit because it's just like, <laughs> it's just like, dude, just make everything in the store cheaper and cut all, just cut all the bullshit. <laughs> I'm just doing my job. That's that's it. You know, that, that's how I look at it. Um, but anyway, uh, yeah, I'm starting to really get in the swing of things. I think over there, like I'm starting to figure out where where a good majority of things are and and how things are going. Yeah, adjusting to a new scanner because I got a new scanner recently and that thing is sensitive as hell sometimes and that's pretty frustrating because like oh you just set the it's an item near it or the customer sets an item near the scanner and it's ringing it like three fucking times and you're like stop gotta get the manager to go over there and void everything and shit not really because there's something called net void next item so you click on that and then that that's just that's a lifesaver because you don't always have to avoid uh, the, the transaction you can do that and uh make it work out so anyway um that's kind of what i've been doing uh in terms of school stuff i don't really have that much to do i've already done a good amount of editing and i already wrote the essay that's supposedly due after this week i wrote it because i thought it was due last last week so yeah I, I i now have as a result of last week a lot of those gigs that i was filling in for have become permanent gigs so all my old familiar gigs are now have been completely yeah. re replaced pretty much Bye. Wow, that's that fast. Yeah, well, Applebee's shit the bed on my Saturday and Thursday night, so oh, they stopped doing uh, karaoke. So I uh -huh. uh, for a while there, I think I only had like two gigs a week, which was like not nearly enough to live on. Yeah, especially with you know, you're you're is it leasing the house or or yeah, you know, something yeah, like that. leasing, yeah, or renting rather, yeah. Um, so yeah, like it, like our female DJ quit at like the best time because uh -huh. um, I fucking needed to gobble up all, like not all her gigs <laughs> but most of them and um, 
And tonight I'm doing. So you need to be. A, you're, you're like I'm a glutton. I'll take you know whatever. Yeah, whatever, you know? <laughs> man. Like I need to fucking survive and keep a roof over my head. And tonight I'm doing that loft gig. Yeah. Actually, as soon as we got off the podcast, I'm gonna have to run up to the loft and mm-hmm. make sure. Dude, last week week it was such a clusterfuck. I had to go straight yeah. from my trivia gig over to the loft, and the lo- the gig's supposed to start at nine. I don't get there till like nine fifteen, and um. I don't know how to work their fucking sound system. Nobody showed me how to do it. And there was they were supposed to, but it just the chain of negligence in this situation <laughs> was so long that you can't really blame. Well, yeah, it, it's kind of like one some person. Instances, instances with work like they barely trained me with certain things. So I just kind of had to just figure it yeah, out. Yeah, And like you want to get mad at somebody because it's like you motherfuckers sent me in here blind as a fucking bat expecting me to get this shit going on time. And I can't figure this shit out. And it's like, it's so frustrating, but mm-hmm. I finally got everything figured out. And I think at like 1030, like an hour and a half later, I finally yeah. got the fucking show started. They weren't happy about that, but they realized that nobody told me how to set the sound up there. And, you uh-huh. know, but, you know, who do you blame? You know, nobody. It was kind of the old DJ's fault because he just dipped out without having yeah. some replacement, you know. So, uh, yeah, it's kind of like with the whole thing with uh, how, how you operate. Uh, the the phone in terms of like putting people on hold versus hanging up on them like somebody went through went through with that with me like one time like super fast so then like for a decent amount of time i was like pressing the wrong button and i was hanging people up oh god (laughs) and it wasn't until now where i'm like oh okay i have to press that button and then do this dude that's happened to me so many times when i've called like a customer service thing and they just like put me uh please hold sir and then i just get hung up on i get irate i'm like you yeah. motherfucker like, well if that happens it's probably because they weren't being trained that great yeah so they were just trying to figure it out on their own and made a mistake so um but i got it now i find it pretty lame though that you have to like press and hold the fucking button you can't just press it real quick because if you press it's, it's a button you think that's how the button would work right no, I have to press and hold it and then hang the phone up. Then someone's on hold. If I just press the button, they get hung up on. Oh, wow. So anyway, uh, I, speaking of hung up on, I wouldn't be surprised if a bunch of people just turned off this podcast at this point. No, nah, like, man, what? they haven't heard from us in a long time. <laughs> My voice just cracked for like the first time. I, was, I haven't heard from us in a long time. <laughs> No, usually that's me. I know. Yeah, it's weird. I, I'm, di- t- I'm telling you, man. I'm under stress. This is the stress cast for Josh right now. Um, I mean, Ooh, I your could voice do- is cracking. I could do a whole podcast just bitching about like what I've been going through lately. But <laughs> I do want to finish up this goddamn Her- uh, Geraldo uh, yeah. special because there's still more nuggets to mine from this uh, extravaganza. This two-hour extravaganza of uh, of shit. Um, yep. But so, yeah, uh, so we left off talking about uh, cases of child abuse, which is, you know, really uh, intense. Um, but uh, it's only going to get even more uh, crazy here. And uh, trigger warning for folks that are kind of, uh, you know, who are triggered by this kind of thing uh, with uh, sexual abuse and stuff like that and allegations and so on and so forth. Uh, especially when it comes to child to, to children. Uh, and I can understand why some people, you know, in the Bible Belt and these other places, as soon as they hear any rumor about child abuse or Satan, 
they're they automatically get their guard up and automatically are like we have to stop this this is a this is a horrible this is absolutely abhorrent and it it's you know satan's among us and we have to stop him so there the special uh starts talking about this uh event that happened in omaha nebraska uh i've actually been to omaha uh because uh my stepdad's uh family uh lives in nebraska so i've been to nebraska quite a few times scott's bluff uh, i've been through omaha and places like that it really does live up to the expectation that a lot of people have for it like it is just a lot of fucking corn and fucking farmland and shit like there's nothing there there's nothing to do there half the time so I don't blame people, you know, for thinking like Satan, Satan's among us. <laughs> hey, it gives them something to do. <laughs> it's fucking boring in Nebraska. Other than other than rooting for, their, you know, watching the Cornhuskers play, which is probably just as boring this year because they suck. <laughs> there I'm, really sure, isn't much, I'm sure much there's also do. I'm sure there's also a lot of hating things that are different than you and what you're used to in Nebraska. You're not from around here. You don't look like us. We hate you. You must come from Satan's loins. Because you're different. You're the devil. Well, you guys smell like Satan's balls. I'm Audi 5000. <laughs> okay, Geraldo. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was kind of Geraldo. <laughs> but not not really something uh, that Geraldo would really say. Audi 5000. <laughs> I don't even know. I don't think he would ever say balls. He's the only guy who would never really say I, that. I, I could see in that context. I could see him saying it in the context of like, you, you sir, do not have the balls to stand yes. up and stand up for what's right and blah, blah, blah. Yeah, I am Geraldo. Yeah. Make sure you stick around. Now listen here, Buster. Yeah, listen here, Buster. You get in that room, you do the homework, or you're not getting dessert. <laughs> so, uh, speaking of how uh, somebody would uh, speak to a bunch of children uh, condescendingly, uh, Geraldo actually interviews a bunch of anonymous kids who claim that they were born into a satanic cult and abused until they were taken away and put into foster care. But there is absolutely zero proof of any of this, as usual. It then cuts to two women in particular, Kathleen Sorensen, the adopted mother of the ritually abused kids, and another woman named Suzanne Strife, whose child also was apparently ritually abused. In the case of Strife, she states that her child was urinated and shat upon, which is really fucking awful, but also reminds me of a certain book that Josh and I have been reading. Uh, Sorensen tells lurid tales of her adopted children committing murder. We then cut to Sandy and Larry Polsey, Sandy goes on about her, how her two-year-old child was made to hold a gun to the head of another child and pull the trigger. Geraldo then goes to say that the trouble about reporting a story like this is because it's so outrageous. Yes, truly, truly outrageous. He says that this gathering has formed a group called Believe the Children. <laughs> I mean, this is like the Simpsons thing, right? Think of the children, <laughs> but it's... It's an actual group that actually existed, folks. This is not a satire. This is not a joke. Believe the Children was actually a real group. Well, that 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 had to come from somewhere. That satire, you know, like yeah. Simpsons, like all their satirical stuff. It came from real life, 
you know, something or other, you know. Yeah. Well, of course, I mean, the think of the children thing is still a, a thing. I mean, because there's still people who get upset about, you know, think of the children. Which is really not a, a great thing if you're trying to get me on your side, because, uh, you know, I, I don't give two shits about the children. I mean, <laughs> I care about... It's like people who are, like, giving me shit for giving a Once Upon a Deadpool shit, calling it a cash grab and saying... I, I, the kids don't need a neutered, neutered, watered-down version of Deadpool 2. And people are all like, well, you just don't give a shit. You don't, you, you're just trying to take uh, something harmless away from the children. No, they already have enough uh, entertainment to choose from. They don't need a neutered, fucking watered-down version of Deadpool. Uh, they should just wait or see it illegally uh, or, you know see it anyway like most fucking kids do like you really think that a lot of the kids are like oh now i could finally see deadpool they probably already saw deadpool <laughs> yeah and i feel like yet again i need to qualify uh something that could really be taken out of context uh from in a soundbite form uh, I, I care uh, as much about children as i do about any other person so like yeah it, so do i if you're in a you know any human being i have a certain level of respect and care for as long as they show me and afford me the same kind of respect yeah. so I, I i guess my point is i don't elevate children to this like holy cherub like status you know like i don't either kids are just as evil if not more evil because they don't have any kind of like understanding of emotional you know, uh, emotional understanding of other human beings. I don't know if I'd go that far. Well, uh, I wouldn't call them like evil, you know, said, evil children. I said some of them or, or maybe I didn't, but if I didn't say some <laughs> of them, then, then some of them, uh, you know, like, well, because, well, yeah, I could agree with that. Sometimes, you know, kids do some really, uh, crazy things. Well, like the bullying and like, mm. you know, um, I, I remember I was friends with a, um, well, the old the old school term that's not politically correct anymore is midget, but uh, I guess they're called little people now, which to me sounds yeah. way worse. But it kind of does when you think. about it. I mean, it, it does. Yo, you're a little person. I mean, I don't know. Like nowadays, don't they put the person first now? Oh, you're a person who is little. I don't know. Either way, it's like there's no good way of of calling of giving. I don't know. I, I thought dwarf. I mean, dwarf. I don't know. Wouldn't if, that you know? I think dwarf is a more of a medical kind of yeah. thing but if you're just calling someone a dwarf then it's like snow white and the seven dwarves and that could be offensive yeah, too yeah so i yeah, don't fucking right. know a good way to call a, a midget a, a midget you know a, anyway a little, person. a little person i was friends with a fucking i can't i hate that term too but whatever i guess that's a okay okay term well, it's like mentally challenged or you know stuff like that so i was friends with an lp at one point and he was talking about how the group of people that he hates dealing with the most when it comes to his uh i guess birth defect or whatever you want to call it is is children because yeah. He said children are just ruthless, you know, they're so yeah. horrible and they will point out your every little flaw that you have right to your face, which I guess to some extent could be admirable and to some degree because it's like the the at least, you know, because people talk, about, oh, all these people yeah. are talking shit about me behind my back. I wish they'd say it to my face. Yeah. But if you're like a, an, a little person and you're just trying to like get through life, you know, day to day shit, you don't need 
little Tommy shit nose going, Mommy, look at <laughs> look at how short that man is, you know? It's like, yeah, oh, fuck you, kid, you know? <laughs> like, yeah, I don't know. I mean, well, I could, and 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 because of that, that's that's a big reason why kids are so uh, easily coached, probably by their parents to say, you know, what their parents want them to say or, or just to believe in, you know, nonsense. <laughs> the, dad, like, the dad hates little people, so he's like, son, every time you see one of those people, I want you to point them out and make fun of them because I can't do it because I'm an adult, but you can and no one's going to say anything. <laughs> Conspiracy theory. What happened to that man to make him hate LPs so much? I don't know. So... Anyway, Believe the Children uh, is uh, was a movement that had a, a good amount of uh, parents uh, involved. And uh, so the special then goes to uh, Kathleen Sorensen and Suzanne Strife. They were the faces of the Selena Coalition for the Prevention of Child Abuse. Now, Kathleen Sorensen's adopted children, Nellie and Kimberly Patterson, fled their former foster parents, the Webbs. Lo and behold, she went to every form of media to proclaim that her adopted children were ritually abused. Her story is somehow tied into the batshit insane Franklin child abuse cover-up. She has her own chapter in John DeChamp's book, The Franklin Cover-Up, which alleges that the highest forms of government are involved in a pedophile ring that is also a satanic cult. Of course. Because <laughs> it's not bad enough. Satan also has to be involved. Yeah, well, I mean, you know, the two would go hand in hand, I would reckon. Although it is funny because, you know, when we're talking about molestation of children, uh, the Satanic Church is not the first religious organization that comes to mind. No. It, uh, uh, it's, it's, it's rhymes, a rhymes with Bathlick or, or Mathlick. Um, it's, it's, it, let's just say it like, you know, call it like it is. <laughs> uh, it, it's the Catholic Church. Yeah. Uh, there's a documentary called, Deli I think it's called Deliverers from Evil, and, that is a real doozy because it's all about how the Catholic Church covered up all all of these uh, horrible crimes and and didn't really do much to really stop it from happening. Like they just like pushed these priests who were pedophiles and like shipped them off to different places and shit. Yeah, it's it's really fucked up. So to its believers, uh, they believe that the people that people were killed in order to cover up this uh, cover up and hush things up. And so Kathleen fits into this conspiracy because she died in a car accident in 1989. According to former FBI agent Ted Gunderson, who by who this guy lost his fucking mind around this point and just started believing in anything relating to uh, satanic ritual abuse. The accident was an intentional murder-suicide, having to do with some kind of satanic ritual. Now, according to DeChamp, the satanic connection was that the driver and her husband had prior arrest records for animal abuse, except that he's uh, got it completely wrong. The driver, Tina Townsend, was the only adult in the car, and the other passenger being her one-month-old daughter. And there's actually a snippet of an article here that talks about the Townsend's trial. Tina Townsend, 18, of Arlington, was sentenced Wednesday to 18 months probation for causing a traffic accident that killed Kathleen Sorensen, 49, at Blair. Miss Townsend, who is the mother of an infant, was ordered to complete requirements for a general equivalency, equivalency diploma, take parenting and anger control classes, and get special counseling. I should probably go back to speech Mike class, Mike needs apparently. some special reading counseling, apparently. <laughs> yeah. 
So uh, the, the other thing about all the accusations that Sorensen made or associated with come from Don De Ch- John, John DeChamp's book. And the book is rife with a bunch of unsighted sources and a bunch of bullshit, as usual. So then we have Suzanne Strife. Uh, well, other than with her work with Believe the Children, there's nothing about her and the apparent abuse that her child suffered in Chicago. The blog uh, writer, he uh, searched the Chicago, Chicago Tribune website which has an archive dating back to 1849. And there are many references to child abuse acquisitions for that era, uh, but without much more information, it's hard to pin down what she's actually referring to. Uh, The era, I think, would have been in the the 80s. However, you could figure if she was involved in such accusations, her name would be in the newspaper, but uh, there's no trace of her name in the Chicago Tribune prior to her joining the Believe the Children Foundation. And there's nothing on the polls that can be verified or fact-checked. So uh, there are zero. there is also zero evidence that was found to support any of this group's claims. Uh, there actually were investigations that were uh, taken, and they found nothing. So Geraldo then addresses the parents involved in the McMartin preschool scandal, the most high-profile daycare abuse trial of the time, and honestly... Uh, of all time, really. And uh, there's this guy who's the spokesperson for the group. And he started, uh, basically, he essentially just starts talking about how, why he thinks this, this has to do with a satanic cult. It's all about Satan. Not not that it is, why he thinks that it is. And he answers Geraldo and he's like, well, the easiest reason to that question, Geraldo, is that the children started talking. They started talking about robes and candles. They described an Episcopal church, and once they started narrowing the, uh, narrowing that down, you'd see that it had to be satanic. I love that. He's like, once you start narrowing all of this down, you see that it has to be satanic. 100%. There, when you narrow it down, because you know, there are only, like, what, three choices in the entire world. There's, like, Christianity. Or, wait, no, there's only two choices. It's, like, Christianity, and if it's not that... Well, Satanism is the only other choice in, in this person's exactly. world. Exactly. So, I believe, I think he's quoted here again, he says, It's very important Satanic religions to have a priest, because they truly do believe in power. The only difference between Catholicism and the Epis- Episcopal religion uh, is almost done, is almost none. They use both wine, and they use bread, and so on. And... Then, I mean, really, like, okay, they use wine and they use bread. Okay. What about that makes it initially satanic or or evil? You're doing the same thing. So, makes you kind of look like a hypocrite. And then, and then he goes and he's all like, the truth about Satanism is that they re- truly use blood and they mix it with urine. And they also use real meat, the real flesh, and this is what makes Satanism true. True? How does this make it true? Like, what? where is your proof? How can, how, you know, do you have, like, pictures of a satanic uh, ritual, uh, 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 some kind of uh, satanic mass where they have blood in cups and people pee in them and shit, and then they're, like, eating, you know, human flesh, I mean, or, other, or raw meat? Do you have any proof of this? No, of course not. Because it's absurd. But Mike, but Mike, these people are on TV, though. 
So there's gotta be something to what they're saying. They wouldn't just have any old person on the TV. Oh, it's 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 like that book Michelle remembers. It's uh, written by a guy with a PhD. Oh, the doctor. There's a psychiatrist. He wrote the book, so it has to be true. Michelle remembers a a book we will be talking about finally next week when we uh, conclude. Um, and you better buckle yourself in for that one, folks. Oh God, talk about trigger warnings. That so uh, then they start talking about uh, Geraldo starts talking about the McMartin preschool trial. It ran from 1988 to 1990. It starts with a child having uh, really painful uh, bowel movements, and instead of the more uh, I don't know obvious reasons, uh, which would be constipation. I mean, really? Oh, your kid's having painful shits. That doesn't necessarily mean he was anally raped by a bunch of Satanists. <laughs> I mean, I love how that's like the first thing that these teachers it's, it's so oddly, come up so with. so oddly specific. So they accuse Peggy McMartin of abusing the children at her preschool. The kids claimed that there were witches who could fly. I'm not making this shit up. There were underground torture tunnels. There were hot air balloon rides. And ever elaborate and detailed going ons that were more and more outrageous. I honestly think and, I honestly think like that that's the like the realistic story of how NSYNC got like signed to a record label <laughs> and like with Lou Pearlman and all that. Like I think they probably had to do all that shit to like get signed. <laughs> um the story behind um NSYNC and Backstreet Boys dealing with their um disgusting fat old manager Lou Pearlman was uh yeah. pretty crazy. I mean it's pretty it's it's on par with mm -hmm. some Michelle remembers shit with the, yeah. all the sexual abuse and all that. But anyway, I digress. So these believe the children idiots, which is really what they are. Uh they they bought the stories hook line and sinker. Of course they did. Cuz they're called Believe the Children and I guess in in you know their group name fits because they believe the children all the time no matter what it is. So, eager to uh, nab a satanic child abuser to make their group actually look legitimate and not a bunch of nuts and a bunch of, you know, worried parents who have nothing better to do than uh, worry about Satan in their, in their neighborhood and, and uh, in their environment. The police actually did look into the allegations. They actually dug around for the secret tunnels under the preschool. And, of course, they didn't really found, find much of anything. And when shown pictures of possible suspects for, for, the, for the crimes, some of the children pointed out Chuck Norris oh, as a suspect. Oh, no. Not Chuck Norris. He can, like, fucking bend fucking sound with his voice and all that other crazy shit. Yeah. Yeah, so the kids were like, I just, I'm just imagining this scenario in my head, and it is so insane. You have these kids who supposedly were horribly abused at the at their preschool. The police have them over, start showing them pictures. Uh, who came up with Chuck Norris? Like that's the other thing. Like, was one of the cops just like, watch this fucking shit? I'm gonna take out a picture of Lone Wolf McQuaid. <laughs> I never liked that Walker, Texas Ranger. <laughs> well, that actually hadn't come out yet at this point in time. But, you know, it's just like, watch this. I don't believe this for one second. And I'm going to prove it to you. 
I got a picture of Chuck Norris. I, 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 you know, I got some money on that. These kids are just going to look at some of these kids are going to look at this picture and say, that's the guy who did it. So, I mean, cause really like, why would they think about that? Like, it's so specific. It's such a, spe a specific photo to come up with. So they ultimately, of course, didn't really go anywhere with this because it's one of those things where it's like, okay, no, Chuck Norris obviously didn't do this. And sadly, though, even despite that and just absolute ludicrous bullshit when it comes to that particular case, that case went on for years still even after that multiple trials and all other kinds of shit. Uh, that's a whole, you know, you could do a whole other podcast about that. Uh, there's even a movie, there's an HBO TV movie called uh, Indictment, and it actually had James Woods in it. It was all about that trial. And yeah, it did make up some stuff, of course, like most films do that are based on true stories. So, Geraldo's uh, devil worship exposing Satan's underground special uh, continues, and it's just as torturous as it was before. And... He then talks about the tragic death of this uh, woman named Lisa Steinberg. She was beaten to death and the alleged perpetrator was her stepfather, Joel Steinberg. Geraldo thinks that this is the case of satanic cultism. And to support this, he brings on Maury Terry. And when he brings this guy on, the Son of Sam segment from Unsolved Mysteries, because we actually can tie in some Unsolved Mysteries into this finally, which I thought was pretty interesting. Now it takes on a whole different light because they brought this guy, uh, the guy who was interviewed for, for that segment, Maury Terry. He's brought on here and he wrote a book about satanic crimes and he wrote a book called The Ultimate Evil and he calls himself an expert on satanic crimes and I was just like, oh, great. <laughs> so... Now I look at that segment with a whole different perspective because I'm like, that guy was just full of shit probably from the beginning. He was just trying to get uh, people to buy copies of his book, which tends to happen sometimes in Unsolved Mysteries when you have the ghost boy and stuff like that. Yeah. So Maury Terry claims that the NYPD removed demonology books from his home and that he had seen writings, uh, actually re removed demonology books from the home of Lisa Steinberg. And that he had seen writings uh, from Lisa Steinberg's adopted mother, Hedda Nussbaum, who wrote about being a member of a satanic cult that operated out of Long Island and was into pornography. Can you imagine a satanic cult from Long Island? They would all have the Long Island accent, probably. And like, the, the, I mean, now, if there is any accent that's from the devil, it's got to be that accent. Thanks like, for coming, Linda. It's all right that you are a little late. <laughs> Hail Satan. Uh, we have some we have some coffee over there. We got some uh, with some uh, some fucking uh, pork roll. Uh, <laughs> all hail our dark lord and savior, Lucifer. Oh, uh, is that accent? Yeah, I'm from Long Island, but we're still representing Satan here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, that accent is just hellish yes it really yeah, is it is yeah any chick that i see who i think is hot but like talks like that who are like you know automatically I, I mean not only do i feel like only like 50 year old women have that accent 
I'm just thinking of Mike Myers from SNL. Linda Richmond. Oh, yeah, from Coffee Talk. <laughs> yeah. Um, I just, yeah, if, if I ever meet a chicken... Or the nanny. Oh, God. Fran Drescher. Her voice is like an, another tier of hell. That's like the lowest <laughs> level of hell. Her laugh. Oh, God. But yeah, that accent is like the least unattractive accent to me, like, ever. Like that up, that that New Jersey kind of... Yeah. Manhattan-y accent, I don't know. Well, the Jersey one's a different, whole different thing. It's a whole different animal. But it's very similar. So, Terry then goes on to show Geraldo what apparently is Hussbaum's diary, and which claims that she was being deprogrammed after escaping the satanic cult. And then they show a drawing done by Lisa Steinberg. And apparently Lisa, I, I think it was a, I think it was like a little girl or something. It was, some, it was a kid. Uh, so it was a drawing done by Lisa that further asserts his position that her parents were Satanists. And they show the the image and it's, it's harmless. It's like it's like a, a picture of like a girl who looks like Raggedy Ann or something or, you know, Rainbow Bright or anything like that or a Cabbage Patch Kid. And there's like a moon and a star and and he and Terry's like it has a pentagram and a descending crescent moon, which is an, a satanic symbol. And then he says that the drawing is of a ceremonial ro- robe that Lisa was forced to wear, and that she was scared of it. And I love it. he's speaking for this dead girl, and that, like that's really fucking shady too. That's pretty shitty. Like he's trying he's trying to speak for this dead. She can't speak for herself. So he then says that the authorities are treating it as a normal homicide, but assures Geraldo that there's more going on. But, as usual, there's a lot more to it than this, than what we saw in the special. Maury Terry is a guy who, of course, wrote the book The Ultimate Evil, which is about how Terry believes that David Berkowitz, the son of Sam, did not act alone and that he was an assassin for a satanic cult which was featured on Unsolved Mysteries in the first season. Uh, First of all, there was no evidence supporting these claims. Second of all, Berkowitz, much like Sean Sellers, would always change his story to suit whatever narrative got him the most attention. John Douglas, the guy who wrote the book on FBI profiling, told Berkowitz to his face that he was full of shit, and he caved, admitting that the whole Satanism angle was to try and get off easy with an insanity plea. Then when he converts to Christianity, he becomes an evangelical poster child. So that's an interesting little bit of uh, facts for you about Berkowitz. And I love that John Douglas just grilled him so hard and that he did it in a way that was just so ruthless. He was just like, nah, you're full of shit. And then he was like, oh, yeah, you're right. You're right, John. Yeah, they're really, the Satanist thing is just a bunch of bullshit. So, Crescent Moon is also used in everything from Islam to your bowl of lucky charms. So, that doesn't mean that it's a fucking satanic. <laughs> I mean, so, uh, the case was just starting to trial when this uh, special, uh, starting to go to trial when the special aired. And uh, the fact that he had the original diary of Hessebaum with him, well, that is something that is uh, worthy of being sub sub you know subpoenaed. I don't know how to say that fucking word. Is it like subpoenaed? Subpoenaed or what? Yeah, subpoenaed. 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 I don't. Yeah, if you go by how it's spelled, it's gonna fuck you up. You just kind of have to say subpoenaed and not think yeah, about subpoenaed. the spelling because the spelling's all kinds of fucky. 
So the Steinbergs, uh, the only time Satanism was brought up during the trial was when it first started. As it turned out, both parents weren't Satanists, but they were into crack cocaine. During one of their drug benders, Hedda thought that Joel was supernatural and had healing powers. Hmm, you had a bunch of parents who were into fucking crack. They need, they should have listened to Pee Wee Herman, really. Uh, but they didn't. This and is crack. So that's why uh, they ended up in, in the situation that they were in. A, a common side effect of doing crack is actually hallucinations. So, uh... I think uh, people should look more into these people who were talking about allegations of satanic abuse and fucking cults and shit and the devil. I think they should look into whether or not they were high as fucking balls <laughs> when when they uh, apparently encountered uh, the devil. Then you have this little uh, snippet with Charles Manson. And this is glorious because Charles Manson is just a fucking goofball in this uh, clip. He's dancing around and fucking he's dressed in a red shirt. And Geraldo's trying to make this like he's like the embodiment of evil. And it's it doesn't work because he's doing fucking goofy ass dances and shit and smiling like a goober and doing his typical hippie speak. Okay, I, I killed everyone since day one. I murdered them all. I'm God and I've killed everybody. Yeah, it's kind of like refreshing at this point to see crazy old Charlie Manson. It's almost like an old friend or something after watching this, yeah. this uh, special. It's like, oh, a familiar face. How nice. Yeah. And yeah, and so I mean, I, th <laughs> I feel like honestly, you could use Charles Manson for like any you could make him the demon for anything you wanted to, because all you'd have to do is yeah. say, well, Charles Manson, aren't you the uh, the Stay Puff Marshmallow guy? Yeah, I'm the Stay Puff Marshmallow guy. I'm full of marshmallows, <laughs> and I'm I, and your children are eating me right now. I'm in all your children, you know. Like I feel like he just rolls with whatever <laughs> scenario you give him, you know. Well, I mean, this uh, little snippet was actually from a two-hour-long uh, interview, so uh, Geraldo chopped it to pieces uh, to try to paint. Charles Manson is is uh, proof of of the devil among us, and it failed miserably. Uh, even Geraldo, after uh, after he asked Charles Manson, you know, and he hear he asked him some questions, and Charles told you know did his typical shtick. He when he was saying that he's God, Geraldo was like or devil, <laughs> you know. It's like, and of course, and, and then uh, you know, of course, like, like you were saying earlier about how. Manson would just go with whatever. He does just that. When Geraldo says, or devil, he's like, yeah, I'll play, I'll play. There's no game I can't play. There's no game I haven't played. Okay, I'll be the devil. <laughs> exactly, yeah. I mean, that's that's like, like he knows what's going on, you know? like. And then Geraldo's like, then he makes this claim that next to Adolf Hitler, Charles Manson is Satanism's top celebrity. Oh, and then he cuts to another interview, another snippet of the interview with Charles Manson. He's like, yeah, I chopped up nine hogs and I'm going to chop more of you motherfuckers. And of course, that was bleeped. I'm going to kill as many as I can. I'm going to pile you up into the sky. OK. Her yeah. Geraldo then makes the statement that Manson is the poster child for satanic cults because of their wish to exterminate everyone they think is unfit to live. 
But the reality is Charles Manson was not really involved in any of the murders. It was his followers that committed the murders on his behalf. So it kind of comes across as he was just this figurehead. He was just this guy who was fucking nuts and was probably uh, taking all kinds of drugs and shit. And he wanted fame and fortune and he wanted power. And he got it by getting these uh, disillusioned people, these, uh, I think it was pretty young like teenagers or young women who were into the whole hippie movement at the time. So we just took advantage of this whole thing and took advantage of these women and just manipulated them. He didn't really do all of this himself. This is like a guy who's like compared to like legitimate serial killers. Like Manson is kind of child's play in a way because he, yeah, he manipulated these individuals, and he he's a pretty shady, you know, horrible individual. Like he's a, he is a, a absolute nut job. But compared to someone like Dahmer or Ed Gein or Gacy, you know, it, it's like I don't think Manson should be in the same frame of mind or in the same hall, you know, hall of shame, so to speak. As, as those serial killers. Well, actually, I think he would be in the Hall of Shame. Well, you know, th th those uh, uh, names I mentioned would be in the Hall of Fame of serial killers. Well, I think I, Manson would go in the, the cult leader uh, Hall of Shame with, yeah. like, uh, uh, what's his face? Uh, Heaven's Gate. Applewhite. Applewhite. Um, why is this guy's name escaping me? Um, uh, People's Temple. Jim Jim Jones. Yeah, Jim yeah, he'd Jones. Be in there with them and all that. So you had Nicholas Shrek got brought on board, who was a future husband of Xena Shrek, and he totally comes across as the early equivalent of an internet troll who's just like fucking with people. And Geraldo apparently did not seem to get that that was the case. Like he actually bought his crazy statements where he's talking about. We would like to see the most of the human race killed off because it's unworthy. It is unworthy of the gift of life. And then he's then he's quoted again. He's like a bloodbath would be a cleansing and a purification of a planet that has been dirtied and degraded for too long. But really, this is a guy who's come on a show called Radio Werewolf, of all things. Yes, there's actually a show called Were Radio Werewolf on Wall Street. And he came on this uh, show uh, and it was a radio show, and he just basically fucked with a guy. So this is a guy who's like, it's basically kind of a, you know, honestly, uh, a uh, internet troll Profession before yeah. there was an internet. Professional troll. And then, then Geraldo starts talking about more of the serial killers and talks about Richard R Ramirez, uh, the Night Stalker, because he did this whole hail Satan thing. Yeah, in the court uh, in the courtroom, he just go after the like when they're like taking him away in the orange jumpsuit. He's like hail Satan. Yeah, which is kind of and then Henry. Yeah, it's kind of hilarious. Now it's almost like just that's like turned into a phrase that people say just to like this faux edginess or whatever. Now, yeah, you know. Well, the guy was fucked in the head. He had brain damage. He was coached and murdered by his cousin, who was a Vietnam vet, and he was high in LSD all the time. The guy was fucking insane. Henry Lee Lucas, who they, uh, who Geraldo uh, shows footage of, this is another serial killer whose story keeps changing right and left. So 
it, it's totally it, it's totally believable that he could have just concocted another Satan angle because that was the big popular thing at the time. So then we have it finally it's finally almost over. Be uh Geraldo talks about a story about a satanic murder about a man who was handcuffed and stabbed after being forced to drink his own blood. And uh this really didn't ultimately the reality of this is that this is a case that once again doesn't really have really a credible witness and there's really not much there to suggest that it actually happened. This is the one where you had uh, the black police chief is interviewed and he was in Geraldo's say, you know, he's peppering of the question, trying to get the right answer, you know, saying things like, do you think that, you know, this is uh, something that's happening all over the world, you know, all over the United States and so on and so forth. And, I think he handpicked this guy because he already knew that this guy believed in the satanic cult thing. And so he just parroted a lot of the same things that Geraldo was already thinking at the time. They had this guy who was like, he had sunglasses and a mustache. Remember that guy? Who was like, he, he, he honestly looked like he reeked of fucking Bud Light. <laughs> no, I don't remember, sadly. And, and it was like, I don't, yeah, no, I, I don't think this guy is at all believable because he's talking about uh he, he was asked if he wanted to see a man die and if he wants to join the cult and then the guy ended up uh, going in he saw it but really he's just basically saying a bunch of bullshit as usual but this should be called uh exposing uh a bullshit really or just revealing a bunch of bullshit for two hours then you have charlie manson and then he's quoted again. He's like, Satan means whatever I'm looking at. Whatever I want it to mean. It's on my forehead. It's me if I get back out on that highway. It's everything human beings don't understand. It's all their fears. It's what they're not sure of. If you dig what I'm saying, Satan to me would be God. I mean, he, he kind of makes some points there about Satan is yeah. what people don't understand. I mean, that there, you know, that there, a random southern accent coming up, <laughs> that there's kind of true if you think about it, Mac, because, you know, I mean, yeah, I mean, I, that, that that could be uh, said as kind of like a personification of Satan would be confusion. Yeah. The author of confusion yeah. is oftentimes synonymous with Satan. And then you have this guy named uh, Ricky Gervais, and this is the guy Charles, who claims Charles that, Gervais. Charles Gervais, not Ricky Gervais. That would have been funny. You had Ricky Gervais. What's up, you wankers? <laughs> what is this stupid talk show? What's up with that cheeky mustache on your face there, you twat? <laughs> so, Charles Gervais, he's a convicted killer who's in a Louisiana penitentiary, and Geraldo starts interviewing him, and this is the guy who said that he killed someone because the devil promised him 10,000 souls. Yeah, that's when that's when he goes into his whole, Why did you hammer that person in Satan's name? Did you really think you'd receive 10,000 souls? And the guy's like, oh, I can't really, blah, blah, blah. And Harald goes, listen here. <laughs> I want to hear about these 10,000 souls, Buster. That's what I'm talking about. <laughs> now go to yeah, your room. So, so Geraldo skipped over a lot of details with this case. Um, Charlie says he got into Satanism because the devil would give him power in hell. Um, and of course, Geraldo then asked Charlie if he's sick. And then Gervais is like, no. And this ultimately is another thing where you just had a bunch of truths that were not revealed because that would just make this seem 
like a whole load of crap, which is what it really was. Gervais was only seeking attention. He idolized Charles Manson. He only started claiming he committed satanic crimes after he was sentenced. There were no, there was no evidence that he was a part of a cult or that he committed rituals to kill. He even attempted to sue the prison for not allowing him to perform satanic rituals in prison. Can you imagine that? He's like, this prison is is obstructing my rights. I should be able to perform satanic rituals. Yeah, I mean, that's what, uh, you know, Damien Eccles, he didn't do satanic rituals, but he did practice magic and all that kind of stuff mm -hmm. in, uh, in, in prison. And he says it was like one yeah. of the big things that helped him like make it through and all that. I actually listened to Damien Eccles on a podcast recently and uh -huh. just uh, learned some really informative things like, like just him being in prison in that small cell for so long, like he he's almost legally blind now because wow. when you're deprived of sunlight and when your eyes are only because like most people, you know, who aren't stuck in a like a whatever his cell dimensions were, it was a small cell. Most people have things their eyes can focus on. Their eyes are constantly focusing and shifting on various distances and all that. But apparently when you're stuck in the same place for years and years and years and your eyes don't, it, there's nothing to look at. There's nothing to focus your eyes on. You start to like lose mm -hmm. your eyesight, like the muscles in your eyes. If you don't use it, you lose it. And that started like happening yeah. to him. Wow. Among other things. It was pretty interesting. Mm -hmm. So Geraldo then continues to talk about more cases. This time he talks about this uh, guy uh, who's named Jay here because it, to protect his identity. And he's talking about that there was a bunch of brutal crimes in Kansas City, Missouri, uh, that local authorities want to admit as the work of a satanic cult. Geraldo speaks to a 22-year-old named Jay, who claims he escaped from the house in question after, be, it be, after being ritualistically tortured by a man named Bob Berdella. And among these tortures, Jay claims that Berdella put a transformer on his genitals and took pictures. And I'm like, what kind of transformer? Like an actual transformer? You put fucking Optimus Prime? Put, put Bumble, <laughs> Bumblebee up his ass, you know? <laughs> <laughs> so, of course, Geraldo conveniently leaves out the evidence. Uh, he brings up police reports that date back to 1980, but he ignores the fact that the prosecutor said that they actually hired an occult expert to investigate all of this and the connections with the satanic cult and found no credible evidence. So then he finally, his finale is a bunch of uh, women who claim to have been breeders of satanic cults, that they were made to have children for the sole purpose of ritual sacrifice. And even though that they were threatened with death, these women somehow escaped, usually finding the faith of God in the process. So you had this woman named Cheryl Horton, who uh, claims that the reason why authorities can find no proof is that the cultists eat the babies. And then uh, they're talking, he's talking about most mental health professionals try to stay stray away from Satanism. Understandably so. I mean, really? And especially after Michelle remembers. Yeah, which and, the whole, so that whole breeder thing um, with women having kids for the purpose of uh, sacrifice that totally ties into the book Michelle Remembers that we'll be talking about yeah. next week that kind of started the whole satanic panic thing. So it all like links together like yeah. it. it, it um, and all of these women, Cheryl Horton, Sandy O'Connell, Lauren Stratford and Jackie uh, Balladies, they are not credible witnesses at all. 
In fact, Lauren Stratford claims that she was a breeder and a subject to ritual abuse and child sacrifice. She talks about how she had as a nightmare about her little Johnny who was sacrificed to Satanists. She also wrote, went on to write a book called The Satan's Underground to talk about her experience. But her name isn't really Lauren Stratford, but Lauren Wilson. She was a, She's mentally ill. Uh, Cornerstone, a Christian magazine, uh, exposed her, went into her background, into, into her background and completely destroyed her. Uh, she got herself involved in the McMartin preschool trial as another expert, claiming that she witnessed some of the abuses. And Laura Wilson actually reinvented herself after all of this satanic ritual abuse thing got debunked as a Holocaust, Holocaust survivor. She actually did this shit. She went that far. Wow. Like, if you ask me, like, she's a real devil. You know, she's she's the real uh, example of Satan at work. Uh, just being manipulative and everything like that. And just, I mean, like, what kind of fucking piece of shit does things like that? So she made up this story about ritual abuse and how she was a breeder and all this other shit that was bullshit. She got caught on that, so she... Decided, well, you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna claim that I'm a Jewish Holocaust survivor. So she called herself Laura Grabowski. She claimed that she survived Auschwitz and then built people out of money from charitable do- charitable donations. And then she was, of course, thankfully uh, outed again because records are are out there and they're publicly available. So she recognized another Holocaust survivor. Uh, which actually turned out to be another fraud artist. And Cornerstone then once again exposed her for the piece of shit that she really is. And Sandy O'Connell, like, she didn't really, there really isn't much. Uh, she just said a bunch of uh, things that really could not be uh, proven as usual. And then that's really honestly how uh, the special ends. And finally, it's over. <laughs> and finally, I can stop badly talking about it. <laughs> yeah, that fucking special. I mean, it went. It, it kind of went over like a primer of of all that was satanic panic. So it was a good one to talk about. But goddamn, was it wordy? Um, mm. But yeah, that's. Um, I hope you enjoyed it, regardless. Despite my amateur reading level in this podcast. Oh, I think they've come to expect that from us, Mike. I think it's charming. <laughs> well, I mean, this was pretty bad. I mean, compared to the previous uh, podcasts, I don't know. I guess maybe I'm just, I'm rusty. I think that's part so, of it. So anyway, I'm excited to announce that we have a sponsor for the first time ever. I mean, this is kind of a, kind of a monumental moment. So yeah, anyway, <laughs> um, we have an advertiser, Himalaya. Himalaya, they are a um, they're a new a brand new podcast app. They have best in class uh, user interface, even though they've only been out for three months. So that's uh, that's that's pretty wild. I mean, um, they have tons of unique features like episode and channel playlists and tip jar, with new features being added every week. You can find ooh tip jar. Yeah, that sounds good. You can find Himalaya in the app or Google Play Store to download. Um, so, yeah, I mean, we are going to be on this Himalaya app uh, in the future. It will be, um, I think, our we'll be on there a day early and then it'll go everywhere else. I don't know exactly the details of that about that part, but um, 
yeah, check them out. They're they're a new podcast app, um, and they actually. Um, I've been talking to this guy, um, one of the representatives for this app or whatever for a while. And, um, they're actually based in China. They're an app called Shimalaya in China. And they're like the biggest, um, app store in, in China. And they're wanting to branch out globally and they're, you know, doing that. And so I don't know, it could be a fun, exciting thing that could get us more listeners and a little bit of, a little bit of pocket change. Um, also, um, Patreons, if you want to, uh, if you want to donate to our Patreon, it's patreon.com slash uncovering unexplained mysteries. And I would like to tell you a short story about one of your Patreons this week. True story totally happened. His name is John Evan Bear. And, um, he's, he's easily excitable and is somewhat a control freak. Um, he's trying to get home to Chicago to spend Thanksgiving with his wife, um, and kids. His flight is rerouted to a distant city in Kansas because of a freak snowstorm. And his sanity begins to fray. Worse yet, he is forced to bunk with talkative Del Griffith, whom he finds extremely annoying. Together, they have to somehow overcome the insanity of holiday travel to reach their intended destination. I mean, that's that's pretty crazy that that happened, you know? That that your plane got rerouted and you have a uh, crazy yet lovable sidekick that you have to get over, you know, John, you know, that's I, I hope you make it to Thanksgiving. Mike, do you know anything about this this uh story any further like does he do you think he will make it based on on uh, you know, what you know about this? Yeah, he'll he'll definitely make it. I mean, there'll be laughs and there'll, and there'll be a lot of uh, craziness that'll 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 happen on the way. There might even be uh, an issue with a rental car. <laughs> wow, man, you you're very clairvoyant tonight, Mike. You know, yeah. you know a lot about the situation. All right, guys, um, that yeah, he might be fucked. <laughs> <laughs> wow, Mike's got some real insight on that. But that's a completely true story. If you'd like a true story read about you, consider checking our, our Patreon page, patreon.com slash uncovering explained mysteries. Make sure you join our Facebook group. Just go to the Facebook, the Facebooks, whatever. Kind of a played out joke, Connor. Oh, the Facebooks. Yeah, it's funny, Grandpa. I haven't heard that one before. But go to the Facebooks and uh, go to the search bar and type in uncovering unexplained mysteries. There will be a group there. You should join the group. It's going to ask you two simple questions. I'm not letting you in if you, if, if you, I ask you, are you joining this group because you're a fan of the Uncovering Unexplained Mysteries podcast? If you answer anything except yes or I am interested, then I am not adding you. I mean, unless, you know, it's you're saying yes in like a creatively funny way, you know, then yeah, that's fine. But like, God, the amount of people who like can't just answer a goddamn yes or no fucking question. They got to like add all these random qualifiers in there like, well, actually, I mean, I haven't, like, technically, but, like, I'm interested. It's like, no, no, no entrado for you. There's plenty of other Facebook groups that talk about paranormal shit and murders and mysteries. Go join those. This one's about our podcast, bitch. Um, wow, edgy. Yeah, I know. Edgelord. Edge <laughs> Ooh, cut myself on the edge. Um, you can um, become subscribers of me and Mike's YouTube channels. <laughs> 
my brain's trying to spit this out, man. I'm so stressed out about this well, fucking game. Well, yeah, hey, you know, I, I was, I was also like that today, just like. Uh, but I mean, folks, honestly, though, I've been reading Michelle Remembers, and this thing is like really intense. Yeah, it put it, even it, though it's it, like it bums me the fuck out. Honestly, it like ruins my good yeah. mood. Um, even though it's not real. It's, it's, and I it's, mean, d- it, you know, does anyone <laughs> like hearing about baby decapitation in any way, shape, or form? I don't no. think so. Or or kitten murder? No, that's only t- t- that's only touching the tip of the iceberg, folks. Yeah. When it comes to this, book. but anyway, you can subscribe to me and Mike on YouTube. You can find Mike's channel uh, separately from mine, but always oh so equally at uh, YouTube.com/slash/OCPcommunications. He's a movie guy. He does movie reviews. Uh, don't have time to ask you what movie you reviewed, but uh, he does that. So go check it out. My, you can find me on YouTube at youtube.com slash dancing with ghosts. Um, I do a bunch of different videos. My last video is about the fake metal band Threaten and how they booked a whole European tour. Yeah, I saw that and that was good. And last video I uploaded because I can say that real quick too. <laughs> okay. It was was, was a uh, mini rant on it was a, it was honestly it's a rant. It was a rant on Once Upon a Deadpool. The PG thirteen re edit of Deadpool two that's coming out this Christmas. Yeah, that sounds. And I find that to be a cash grab and a example of Disney making a clandestine PG thirteen cut of Deadpool two to see if a PG thirteen version of Deadpool and the franchise will be profitable. Um, and I rant about that in that video because I'm very passionate about the character and the franchise, and I would hate to see this franchise just get completely neutered because i don't think it would be anywhere near as effective so that is a podcast ladies and gentlemen i hope you guys all enjoyed it next week i will not be so fucking rushed and pressed for time but it was either today or nothing pretty much for this week so i wanted to make sure and get it out get something out because i hate skipping a week and i always skip last week but anyway till next time have a good rest of your night and goodbye See ya. What's up, everybody? Just want to remind everyone that my album, The Nightmare Inside You, is still up for sale. And we have new band t-shirts as well. All of this is in the description of this podcast. So check it out. And if you dig the music, maybe consider supporting me. Now enjoy some more of the album. say something Geraldo sucks <laughs> all right not coming with the most original things to say in the mic but that's okay it's a thing that was said nonetheless i think you use that no, it's one. true though yeah he's got a really weird like middle-aged guy body that that i don't want to see ever again you don't want to see the the mustache uh, uh trimmed uh genitals yeah. no i don't <laughs> Yeah. <laughs>
God, he right. like because you know I I looked up that selfie you were talking about. Yeah. And I posted uh-huh. it on something in our group or whatever, and and just it's like he he's taking a selfie of himself with like naked basically. Yep. And it just. First of all, you don't want to see like someone who looks like they could be your dad like doing that shit. And second uh-huh. of all, he was taking the picture as though he was like a 23-year-old college kid. Like there's nothing nothing weird about what I'm doing right now. There's nothing inappropriate about a senior citizen like snapping a selfie of their naked body in the mirror. Yeah. Like, yeah, it was weird. Anyway. <laughs> That's how this one guy sings karaoke at my gig. <laughs> uh, don't stop believing. Uh. <laughs> Sounds like he's getting like gut, like a deep gut punch every time he sings. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure I'm working some weird muscle in my throat doing that. That's not supposed yeah. to be worked. I, I was like, what are you trying to do? An impression of Billy Idol or something? I was like, what the fuck is that? It'd be more like a fucking, like a, like Joey Ramone if he was getting kicked in the nuts. I want a piece of data. Yeah, exactly. That's actually what I was thinking of, not Billy Idol. I was just thinking of like a Ramone. Fucking Ramones.